let's talk some more about the power of righteousness. This is message five in this series. I want to encourage you, this is a foundational series in your life. We are going to go into, we're going to take our time, and we're really going to get into this subject. This is like teaching on Mount Everest. It is huge in the Bible, the, the subject of righteousness. If you learn what it means and gain revelation knowledge of righteousness, it will change everything about your life. Everything. It'll change your prayer life. It'll change how you walk in life. It'll change your perspective in every arena of your life. So let's jump into this. Turn in your Bibles again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. You gotta realize the central theme of the New Testament literally is I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. That is the theme of the whole New Testament. He made you righteous, not just righteous. He made you righteous with his righteousness. You are his child. Guys, we are so much more than forgiven. Okay? Literally, not only has God completely erased all of your sin, all of it, it was all condemned once and for all in the body of Jesus on the cross. It's gone. But he also did something else. See, Jesus... He despised the shame as well. And what that means is he tread under his foot as he went to that cross, the shame of sin. If you study it in the New Testament, especially in the book of Hebrews, which we will, you will find out that this new man that we are, our spirit has been circumcised from our flesh. Right In the Old Testament, they would circumcise the males so that they would enter the covenant. In the New Testament, every believer is circumcised when they're born again. Their spirit man is now separated from their flesh. It's cut away. So this sin nature in our flesh no longer, no longer can dominate us. So not only has he died to take care of sin, but also you're more than forgiven. He's also done away with this, this uh, sin consciousness, the shame, the guilt, the condemnation that comes with that. Now the reason why I have to say that three million times in this series is because Christians will still believe that they are what they do and they're not. Now, you are to be. You are to awaken to righteousness, and as you awaken to it, you won't sin. You'll walk free from all this stuff. But when you do, you need to realize, listen, that's not who I am. And when you gain revelation that he has made you free, it'll help you. Joy, peace, strength, and here's the big one, holiness, your behavior, it is to flow out of a revelation knowledge that I've been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. Today, God is not mad at you. There's nothing for him to be mad at you about. He condemned all your sin once and for all in the body of Jesus. Now, if your fellowship with him is, is, is not good because you know, you haven't been in the Word, you haven't been spending time with Him, and uh, so your behavior is out there. Your, your flesh is leading and guiding you, even though it has no power to do it, you're just, you're choosing it because the control center of your life is your soulish realm, your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you don't meditate in the Word of God and renew your mind, then what happens is this nature in your flesh will start leading you in a way that you don't want to go. And for a Christian you'll have inner turmoil there, right? But God doesn't ever want you to have inner turmoil. 
because he's made you free from it. Okay, so let's look at this. Foundational scripture, we've talked about it many times. It says, for he, talking about God the Father, hath made him. Hath is past tense. Why is it past tense? Because this happened when Jesus was on the cross. So this happened in about April of A.D. 30 or A.D. 32. He hath made him, Jesus, look at this, to be sin. To be sin, it's the Greek word hamartia. It means an innocent sin sacrifice. Jesus, who knew no sin, was made to, and we see it in the word made, that word made means made to bear. God the Father made Jesus bear the sins of every human being who has ever lived or who ever will live. Everyone who dies and is in hell today would not have to be there because all their sins were paid for. They simply chose not to receive that. And so God doesn't send people to hell. He honors their decision to go there because God will protect man's will, right? Man has a free will. And God, God loves them so much that Jesus, God the Father, who knew many would not receive him, still died for their sin. That's amazing. He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin. Why? That we might be made. This is a different Greek word, translated made. This word means come to be. That we might be made or that we might come to be. This denotes an a coming into existence. There's no progression in this Greek word. In other words, the moment that you accepted Christ, you were instantly made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. You will never be more righteous than you were the day you got saved. Now, as you grow in the word, I'm telling you, you'll, you'll feel like you're growing, like I'm becoming more righteous. You're not. You can't. There, he is the bar. God the Father is the bar. The moment you got saved, literally, this is why it says in verse 17 of this same chapter, old things are passed away. Do you know that? Your past is gone. So stop beating yourself up about it. And then when you stop beating yourself up about it, then do this. Stop talking about it. Right? And you know what I mean. I'm not talking about, man, I'm so glad this is where I was and now this is where I am. No, not, not that type of talking. No, the talking, man, I just, you know, I'm going through a hard time as a believer. I just, you know, I just really wish that all this junk that I lived in, I just wish I didn't have to, I, you know, I just wish that didn't happen. I wish I wasn't this way. And the, No, forget all that. It's all gone. You're a brand new creation in Christ. You've been made righteous. When Satan comes and says, shame on you, you say, no. There is no shame on me. My shame was put on Jesus. And he made me his very righteousness, right? He made us the righteousness of God in him, talking about in Christ, in Jesus. And so then in Romans chapter 5, we talked about this a little bit in verses 1 and 2. It says, therefore, being. In the literal Greek, it would read this way. Therefore, having been justified. This word justified literally means to be made righteous. It literally means to be right, to be made innocent. I love that word. If you really want to look at the picture of that word justified... It would read like this, therefore having been once and for all declared not guilty. How? By our works? Nope. By faith. All you and I had to do to be made the righteousness of Almighty God was simply believe what God said. Aren't you glad you're a believer today? I couldn't be made righteous 
by living a good life, anything I can do in my natural ability, it, the Bible likens it to our righteousness in naturally would be like filthy rags. That, the filthy rags, that's talking about a woman during that time of the month, the blood that comes out of her, that's what our righteousness looks like to God. He is holy, completely holy. And as we literally believed him, Jesus took our place and we were made righteous. Therefore, having been once and for all declared not guilty by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So say this with me. I have peace with God. God is not mad at me. I have peace with him because of Jesus. Wow. He is at peace with us. It says this, by whom also we have access, by faith, into this grace. What is the grace? It is the finished work of Jesus. It's everything he provided for us in Christ. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Wow. In other words, the good news is God is declaring men and women righteous through faith apart from their works. That is our message, guys. There's been an exchange made. God gave his son so that he could have us. Isn't that good news? So, let's jump over to Romans chapter 3. You know, it's amazing because I grew up and Romans chapter 3, man, I mean, you know, when you grew up in the denomination that I grew up in, step number one, John 3, 16. Man, you know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then we jump right over to Romans chapter 3. And man, we're taught. Listen, Romans chapter 3 is, is Paul teaching us about sin. It's amazing how we miss that. Do you know chapter 3 of Romans is not Paul teaching you about sin? It's literally about Paul teaching you and I about righteousness. So we're going to break this down today. Is that okay? Look at verse 10, because I'm telling you, I've heard this verse. Oh, man. Right? Verse 10, after it goes through a lot of stuff, I won't, I won't read through the first nine, verse, or first nine verses, but in verse 10 of Romans, it says this, as it is written... You know, actually, put verse 9 on there. Actually, honey, let me just read it. I better just read this. I want you to get the context of this. Romans chapter 3, verse 1. What? Let's just go back to Genesis 1. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Romans chapter 3, verse 1. What advantage, then, hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Now, Paul is writing to Roman Gentile Christians, and he knows that these Jews, these Judaizers, are going to come behind him, and they're going to say, listen, okay, you can embrace Jesus, but you still have to keep the law, because we're the people of God, we're the Jews. So Paul is writing to Gentiles, and he's saying, what advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? This is, this, he's talking to Gentiles now. Much every way, chiefly, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. So what profit did the, do the Jews have, guys? Here's the profit. Oh, it's good. God literally gave them the scriptures. Now listen, this was God's plan. He picked the Jewish people. They became his people and they were to walk in his blessing, and then they were to take that message to the world so everybody else could walk in it. But the Jews, what did they do? They puffed out their chest, and they said, wow, we're God's people. You know what their term was for everybody else who wasn't a Jew? 
They called him a dog. Why did, why did Jesus call the Syrophoenician woman a dog? That's what they called everybody who wasn't a Jew. Right? Now Jesus did that to her because he was trying to get her in faith. He, she was trying to manipulate him for a healing, and he's like, it doesn't work that way. i got to get you in faith. So he called her out on that. And she jumped right into humility and said, well, master. All of a sudden, right? Master. You see humility. Don't even the dogs eat the crumbs from the bread's table. And Jesus healed that lady's daughter by not even speaking to the daughter or laying hands on the daughter, said, your daughter's whole. Great is your faith. Right? So this was the advantage. They were given the word. For what? Verse 3. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? No, God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when you're judged. Look at this, verse 5. But if our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who takes vengeance? I speak as a man. Right now, a lot of people are going, what are you talking about? Just hang there. God forbid. He's saying, does our unrighteousness commend the righteousness of God? Is God unrighteous because he's taken vengeance on the unrighteous? He's saying, no, God forbid. For then how shall God judge the world? For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And not rather, as we be slanderously reported, as some affirm that we say, let us do evil that good may come, whose damnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? He's been like, he's, and then he says, no, in no way. For we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. So if you're taking notes on verses 1 through verse 9, you could say it this way. Jews and Gentiles. What is Gentiles? That's everyone who's not a Jew. Are all under sin. Okay? All of us. Every human being is under sin. Now he says this, as it is written, right? He's going to now quote Habakkuk 2.4, and he says this, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now this has been preached in churches. This has been preached in churches. There is none righteous, no, not one. And people will sit in congregations and go, yeah, I'm just this old wretch. Yeah, amen, pastor. There's none of us are righteous. Whoa, are you kidding me? You just slapped Jesus in the face. Because it says in 2 Corinthians, he made you righteous. And what did it take to make you righteous? He had to be made to bear all of your sin. And all that that entails, I'm telling you, we're not going to understand the whole brunt of that until we stand before him. Until we see, wow. When sin hit his body and however it affected his spirit, when, when sin, not just sins, but the very sin nature, the very right, the, the wrath and judgment of all the curse of the law, when it hit Jesus, Isaiah prophesied to look at his physical body, you could not tell he was even human. That's why that Roman centurion, he had never seen anything like that in his life. He's like, whoa. Right? So, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Now, like most things in the church right now today, we are usually one or two verses away from really understanding something but we focus on one verse. So look at verse 10. There is none righteous, no, not one. Now remember the context of this. Everybody's under sin. That's why there's no, no righteous. Verse 11, there's none that understands. 
There is none that seeks after God. Are you around a lot of people in the world that don't seek after God? Yeah. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongue they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips. He's talking about people who don't know God, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the ways of peace they have not known. And there is no fear of God before their eyes. Does this sound like some people that maybe you know? Do you know who this sounds like? Us before we got saved, before we were made righteous. This is what a person who's not been made righteous looks like. And then verse 19, it says this. Now we know at what things soever the law says, it says to them that are under the law. Why? That every mouth may be stopped and all the world become guilty before God. In other words, God knows what people say and what people do. But God brings them to a place where their mouth is stopped. And that place was when he gave the law. See, before the law, there was no knowledge of sin. But when all the law came, all those 600 commandments and all this stuff, there was, God gave the law. There was no way it was not made so that they could keep it. No man could keep it. The whole law was given to them to shut their mouth, to show them that, wow, we can't do this we could never match up and be accepted by God by our own behavior. We're all guilty before him, the holy God. Where every human being is guilty before him. The law was given to show men that so that they would know that they need a savior. It was given so that we would all know that we needed Jesus. Because we couldn't save ourselves, We could never be at peace with God. We were his enemy. Isn't that crazy? And while you and I were his enemy, he came looking for us. Right? And that's the message. Romans 20, 320. Therefore, the deeds, or therefore, by the deeds of the law, by trying to keep the law, shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Before the law, there was no knowledge of sin because how could you know what sin is if there's no law to show you what righteousness really is, what holiness really is? So God gave the law to show man that they were sinful. Isn't that amazing? See, we already went back to Genesis and you saw the self-deception of Adam and Eve. The minute they died spiritually, they're blaming everybody else. Hey, the woman you gave me, that's the reason. The woman's like, well, the serpent. And they were hiding themselves and they were trying to cover what they felt were their inadequacies because they were spiritually dead. They were afraid. Now, now then you start fast-forwarding hundreds of years, right? And now all of a sudden the law is given and now man knows. But like Romans chapter 1, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to live my own life. Romans chapter 2, you know what, I'm going to be real religious. Right? Romans chapter 3 is saying, I don't care if you're a heathen, if you're out there blowing it, you're the same as somebody who's morally upright and doing all kinds of good things, 
but not born again religious man you're sprinkling you're jingling you're lighting candles you're coming to church you're going all to all the bible studies listen i don't care what it is you're you come in and you dance in church and you fall under the power or whatever i that doesn't mean mean anything right no no the question is have you been made righteous you can't be righteous on your own so the law simply showed man there's no way this is why a Christian who is walking with God will never judge anyone but themselves. What in the world could we possibly... Because we all fell short of the glory of God. All of us. The only reason why I'm going to split heaven wide open and stand in the very presence of the God of the universe with a smile on my face, seeing a smile on his face, looking at him face to face, dwelling and walking with him forever is because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did. Right? You too. Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law was the knowledge of sin. Isn't that becoming a little more clear now? The law was to show us that we needed a savior. Now this now is when it really starts getting good. Now look at this. This is where verse 21 it shifts from sin and wrath and it shifts to righteousness. All that stuff about sin and wrath was for the purpose that you and I could understand righteousness. Cuz guys, when you understand righteousness, this is what you do spiritually. Wow. I'm okay. The very holy God of heaven, he loves me. And he's for me. And he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Right? He'll never fail me. Every time... I go to him in prayer, not only do I hear him, does he hear me, but his answer to me is yes. Every time. Now all things are possible to me because I believe him. Now he's my protector. He's my provider. He's my restorer. He's my deliverer. When I mess up, he's my deliverer. He's my, destroy, he's, my, he's my restorer. He's the one who keeps me from the destroyer. How does he do that? He has given me authority in his name. Right? And it's not like, God, please get this guy out of my life. No, no, no. God looks at you and goes, you do it. You're righteous. You have the name of Jesus. You have authority. Pop, guys, Poverty and lack is not paying, not being able to pay your bills. That's not poverty and lack. Poverty and lack is a spirit. You break the power of that spirit off your life, and prosperity will flow into your life. Right? All sickness and disease has a spiritual root. It's satanic oppression, according to the word of God. You break the power of that by the authority in the name of Jesus, and healing will be a result of that. That was a commercial break. That's free. So <laughs> look at this. It goes into all this. Verse 20, Therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin right now. But now, verse 21, but now, what do you mean now? Now that Jesus came out of the grave, the righteousness of God, look at this, no longer their own righteousness. Now it's talking about the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So this verse, what this verse means is that now the righteousness of God is manifested because of Jesus' work of redemption apart from the law. This is what happened. 
Jesus fulfilled the whole law. And now was the righteousness of Almighty God manifested. This is what this is now. Now, now because of Romans 3, 21, because of what Jesus did, now I could go back to the Old Testament and understand so much about what, what Isaiah said about righteousness, what all the Old Testament law and the prophets was talking about, because I could see it in its fullness. This is not about my behavior. This is about Jesus' behavior. In other words, guys, because of Romans 3.21, this that we are living in is a brand new day. It's a whole new day. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all. What do you mean? Anyone, any human being who will call upon Jesus can be made righteous. It's unto all, but then it is upon all them that believe. Now, it's unto all. It's available, in other words, it's available to everyone, but it, also, it only comes upon those that believe. Because the only way to be made righteous is through faith. You must believe. Must believe what? That Jesus took my place and died, and he redeemed me from the curse of this law, spiritual death. I'm free from it. Now, isn't that deep? Okay, so, so literally... Do you believe that? Do you, real, do you, do you see that? It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science, right? This is, this is simply, nope, nope, Jesus was made sin so I could be made righteous. And this is how the righteousness of Almighty God is manifested, and it's, a bond, it's upon me, right? I've been made righteous, why? Because I just believe. So then can we say, do you know, do you believe that? Do you believe you've been made righteous? you got to say, if you're not saying yes, man, I'm telling you, you better get your mouth in line because if you're not saying yes, you're still letting Satan lie to you. How serious is that? Well, you know, pastor, I'm just, you know, I'm just quiet. Yeah, you got to, if you, when you get a revelation of righteousness, you're going to stop wallowing in the nonsense. The meanest devil in hell would be like me fighting an ant. Game over. <laughs> right? In other words, how do you do that to Satan? You say, it is written, go. You have no place in my life because I've been made righteous. I'm light, you're darkness. I don't care how dark this room is. We could light a candle and it would just totally dispel darkness. It doesn't take a lot of light to dispel darkness. Why? Because darkness is defeated. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. And then he says, for there is no difference. Wow. So the literal meaning of this verse, 22, even the righteousness of God, which is through faith in his blood. Wow. So this this Roman church, which is primarily Gentile, these Christians had to overcome the lie that they could not have what the Jewish believers could have. And Paul's saying there's no difference, guys. There's literally no difference. Now we get to verse 23, and we get a lot of amens in certain churches. For all have sinned. Right, And because we're all carnal, because we're sitting in church and we're not taught the word, so we're not even taught how to overcome sin. So what we do is we bite each other and we get excited when brother so-and-so messes up because I feel better about myself. <laughs> and we wallow in this nonsense. Verse 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Does that mean this is teaching us about sin? No, it's teaching us that we've been made righteous. This verse literally means that there's no difference 
it doesn't matter Jew, Gentile, Italian, doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter how much money or lack of money that your family has, doesn't matter if you have a family or not, nothing matters, nothing matters. There's no difference, why? Because every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Why did we do that? Well, I'll dare you call me a sinner. I'm not. The word of God is calling you a sinner. Listen, you and I were born in sin. So I had to be born in righteousness to get out of that. I am no longer a sinner saved by grace. I was one, but I'm not one anymore. Yeah, but Tony, look at your life. You've done some things. Yeah, but that's not who I am. I've been made righteous, and everything that I've done contrary to God's word is because I haven't renewed my mind with his word and my, my, my soulish realm sided with my flesh, and, I, and it took my spirit captive, and I was doing stuff I shouldn't have done. And the whole time, I couldn't figure out why I just didn't. Man, I just, the inner turmoil, Right? I'm telling you guys, why are we teaching on this? Anything that is binding you today, you need to realize you are choosing it as a child of God. It has no power over you. Zero. Yeah, but I've been dealing with this for years, and God just hasn't delivered me. No, he did. But you're, you're not believing him. Right? I'm telling you, I deal with people as a pastor that just will not believe what the word says. And there is nothing I could do for them except go pray for them. Well, pastor, can I meet with you on a weekly basis? No. No, you can't. I love you too much to do that. What do you mean? Well, because I, I feel so good when I meet with you. Well, of course you do, because you come in and we talk about the word and the presence of God and we get excited. But if you don't make a decision in your life, you leave there and within an hour, you're right back where you were. And then the enemy will sit on your shoulder and say, see, you don't need to be around that pastor. Don't come to church anymore because it doesn't work. But it works if you will work it. This is, guys, isn't this, this is such a simple message. Not easy, not easy to walk out. And, and let me clarify that. It's not easy on your flesh. Oh, your spirit loves it, right? So if you learn to live out of your spirit, you could, you could walk free from this flesh thing. You'll have to just keep throwing it on the altar, beating it back black and blue, have no mercy on your flesh. Your flesh is stupid. It'll ruin your life if you let it, right? The resurrection of Jesus Christ completed God's plan to be able to dwell with man. Man's sin separated him from God, and therefore he could not know God. Let me go a little deeper. Man's sin nature, which was shown forth in his sinful behavior, is literally what separated from him from God, and he couldn't know God. Verse 24, look at this. Being justified, again, made righteous, how? Freely. If something is free, if you go to lunch today after this service and the person walks up to you and says, hey, somebody paid for your lunch and left a huge tip for me, your lunch is free. Are you going to grab your wallet and try to pay? No. So why in the world would you, I mean, literally, would you do that? No. So why in the world would you try to pay for your past sins? Why in the world would you and I put up with being around people that are going to bring up our past and try to beat us up for it? Why would you put up with that? Now, don't be rude, but be stern. It's amazing what happens. This is how you shut people up many times. If they're talking to you, you could just do this. Hold on. Put your hand up. And instantly, people, listen, I, I don't want to upset you, 
but I'm no longer going to look at, I'm no longer going to listen to that stuff. Because every mistake I've ever made was put on my Lord, and he paid with his life. And then he gave me a new life. That's not who I was. And whether you understand that or not, whatever, just hide and watch. You'll be coming to me someday going, wow, can I have that life that you have? Right? No judgment. I'm not upset at you. I'm just not listening to that stuff. But here, listen, listen, guys, it's not usually people that beat us up. I mean, they beat us up a little bit, maybe. But the person that beats you up, you can't get away from. It's you. So that's why we got to, we see, remember when we started this, we're talking about a righteousness consciousness, living my life conscious that I've been made righteous versus a sin consciousness, living my life conscious of my sin. There is no middle ground. Today, you're either conscious that you've been made righteous or you're conscious that you're, of your sin. Now think about how deceptive conscious of your sin is. You gotta be deceived because it's gone. Oh God, please have mercy on me. I know I've messed up so much. God's up there going, no. Well, you know, okay. Angel, go get the book. Go get, go get Tony Finley. Go get that book. Tony Finley's works, right? And they open the book. It's like, um, well, maybe, you know, there's a lot of pages here. Let's, let me look. Is there maybe on this page? And no, no it's nothing, nothing there. Do you see that? This is the way it is for you. Pastor, that's just too good to be true. Yes. It's called the gospel which is a message that is too good to be true. However, it is true. As a matter of fact, it is the truth. It is the life. And it is the way, right? Being justified or made righteous freely, this means without charge or effort, by his grace, how did it come to you? Through the redemption that is in Christ. This message enraged the Jews. That's why Paul, man, I mean, they were always after him. Now your actions do not make you righteous. Faith does. Say that with me. Now my actions do not make me righteous. Faith does. Wow. Oh, you go to that faith church. Yes. I love that faith church. Right? Now if you do any unrighteous acts or any unrighteous behavior, you are still righteous. And a revelation of that, what I just said, if you do unrighteous acts or unrighteous behavior, if you get a revelation, even when I do that, I'm still righteous, you know what that will do for you? A revelation of this will make you free from sin. What do I mean by that? You will walk completely free from that behavior. You will be fashioned like unto the very image and representation of Jesus. That is God's will for you, for you to literally walk on this earth as he walked. Wow. You can't do that alone, can you? And you'll never have to. Verse 25, look at this. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. God sent forth Jesus to be a propitiation. Great, pastor, that means a lot to me. A propitiation. That sounds like something, a piece of food that got caught in your mouth. No, no. <laughs> A, the word you could put in your Bible if you have a King James version. It, it would it, the word propitiation means he sent Jesus forth to be a mercy seat. He's your mercy seat. What was the mercy seat on the top of the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament? The presence of God would literally dwell there, and they would bring and put the blood of an animal on that mercy seat, and it would cover man's sins for a year. 
But Jesus took his blood. There's an Ark of the Covenant in heaven. It wasn't made with hands. It was made by Jesus. How did he make it? With his words, like he makes everything else. And he put his blood on, on that mercy seat. He was made a mercy seat. And his blood did not cover your sin. It erased it. It erased it. Wow. God set forth to be a mercy seat through faith in his blood. Through faith in his blood. This is talking about faith as a lifestyle. You never move on from faith in the same way that you never move on on this planet from breathing. If you stop breathing, you won't be on this planet for very long. Right? You are never to go beyond faith. You're always, because you have to have a fresh revelation of this all the time. Through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. Remission. That means our sins, have, this Greek word means our sins have been wiped away, erased. They are no longer there. God does not see you. He doesn't see you apart from sin because he's God and he puts rose-colored glasses on. No. He doesn't see you in sin because you are not in sin. He doesn't remember your sins anymore. Why? Because there is nothing to remember. There's nothing to remember. See, this, I'll tell you something about your pastor. This causes me, this causes me to run after him. Man, I am so much more passionate today than I was last year. I'm not going to run faster or not slower as I get older. I'm going to run faster. Because I can do all things through Christ. Look at this. To declare his righteousness for the wiping away of sins. Now this word sin, remember, he was made to be sin for us. It was the Greek word hamartia. It meant an innocent sin sacrifice. Hamartia, T-I-A. This Greek word sins is hamartema. It's from the word, it's a noun. It means the wiping away of the sin nature that produces sins. His blood wiped away your sin nature. You're different. I don't know about you, I've got goosebumps starting in my spirit, coming in every part of my body right now. He wiped it away. My sin nature is gone and I'm brand new. The remission of our sins that are past through the forbearance of God. What does that mean, through the forbearance of God? If you look at this Greek phrase, the forbearance of God, it literally means God did this because he just refused to give up on you and I. Jesus went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. He just refused to give up on you. Wow. I mean, think about that. He's like, Kyra, I'm not going to give up on you. I mean, think about this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus, when he's going to the cross, when he's hanging there, he's like, yeah, bring it. Bring it. All of Kyra's stuff, all of the, the sin, the spiritual death that she, all the sins, everything, put it on me because I love her. I'm not going to give up on her. God the Father's going, listen, I'm going to spend eternity with this lady because of what my son did. That's what we're talking about. This was written to Gentile Christians. 
See, they would have had to ask the Jews about this. Do, can we have what you guys have been given? The high priest putting the blood on the mercy seat was proof that the sins of the old covenant people, the Old Testament people, it was proof that their sins were covered for a year. Jesus' blood on the mercy seat is proof that our sins that were a result of spiritual death have been erased. That's why where it says he ever lives to make intercession for us, literally the fact that he is seated at the right hand of God and his blood, his blood literally speaks. In a very short period of time, I'm telling you, I'm, when I'm at the throne of God after I'm raptured and all this other stuff, man, I'm telling you, whenever, if we're ever dismissed to go eat that feast, that seven-year party, you know where I'm going to be walking? You want to know where your pastor is? I'm going to be like, I just want to go see that tabernacle. And I'm going to, because I'm a child of God, I'm going to walk right into the Holy of Holies. And I'm going to look, and I'm going to look at that blood that is covering that mercy seat and I'm going to be like, wow, that's, that's all gone. I was made brand new. I'm no longer the man that I was. I've been made righteous because God wouldn't give up on me. Wow. Boy, it's hard to preach when you're crying. Romans 3, you ready for verse 26? To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness. In other words, literally it's saying to declare, if Jesus is your Lord, then I'm righteous. This means you are to let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. Father, I thank you that I stand before you today as your righteous child. Lord Jesus, as I stand in your presence as my Lord, I thank you for making me righteous. That is who I am. I love the song this morning. I am who you say I am. You're thinking, wow, that's self-centered. Guys, we need to say that. That is actually not self-centered. Because the focus is on who you say I am. This will lift every level of your life. We are to literally walk and live as kings on this earth. He wants you reigning on the earth. He needs you to, so that you could show all people from every walk, from any, every, wherever they are in life, you could show them, listen, this is for everyone. This is how we further the kingdom on the earth. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he may be just. Wow. Think about what that just said. God made you righteous so that he may be just. Wow. Part of him walking as a righteous God was he wanted to make you righteous. Everything about God, he just wants you to have what he had. Have you noticed satanic leadership? You could see it in the world, right? I'm going to tell you where you could live, what you could wear. I'm going to tell you to wear a mask, but I'm not wearing one, right? I'm going to force you to do this, but I'm not doing this. That's satanic leadership, God leadership. I want you to live just like me. I'm going to give you my life. I want you to wear what I wear. I want you to live like I live. I want you to be free like I'm free. That's the message, right? To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he may be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. So believing in Jesus, faith in his blood, is all about receiving what Jesus did. Wow. 
Verse 27. Now check this out. Okay, all you spiritual pride people, here it is. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? No. But by the law, or that word literally means principle of faith. Wow. Verse 28. Therefore we conclude, check this out, that a man is justified by faith without. This word without means apart or separate from. Look at this. From the deeds of the law. A man is justified. He is made righteous. He is declared once and for all innocent. Do you guys notice when you go to the Lord in prayer and you feel like you're doing really good, how you just seem to have more confidence? Well, that's just natural. You get a revelation that you're much more than I've been doing okay. No, no, no. I have been made. I'm made righteous. I'm completely at peace with God. Right? I mean, when, when I walk in his room to see my father in prayer, he's like, oh, Tony. When you worship, when you pray, when you talk to God, when you worship him, when you confess his word, he's just so excited. He's so ready to move. You gotta know that. Guys, those of us in these faith circles from the 70s, I came into it in the 80s, we've lost this sense. Not everyone, and we're getting it back that this is not about me saying all the principles of faith just right. Right? This is about me knowing who I am and knowing that I don't have to say everything exactly right. My father is ready to move and perform all that he's already given me because of what he did for me. So now we're ready for Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. It says in the King James Version, for if, Romans 5, 17, for if, it doesn't, in the literal Greek, it should be translated since. It should say since, because there's no if about this. This is, this is truth. Since by one man's offense, death reigned by one. When Adam sinned, death had full and superior dominion over all mankind because of what Adam did. Much more, which in the Greek language, you've heard me say this a lot, this, this phrase, much more, means in the Greek, so much more it shouldn't even be compared. Much more, they which receive. This, this word receive means they which take hold of and continue in the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they shall reign, have full and superior dominion in life. This is the Greek word zoe. It means in the very essence of life that God has by one, Jesus Christ. You and I are to reign. In other words, positionally, not only is this a new day, Positionally now, everything has changed. Do you know how much power there is when you, as a righteous child of God, believe God's word in your heart and confess it out of your mouth? Don't buy, because see, you might not see things changing in the natural right away, but everything's changing the minute you speak. When you believe you receive your healing, the healing power of God goes right to, the, right to the very spiritual root of that sickness and disease and destroys it. And you keep that switch of faith turned on and now you just keep thanking him that you're healed. And I'm telling you, the healing power of God will work and affect a cure in your body from the tip of your head to the soles of your feet. 
And it doesn't work because of you. It works because of him. This is so big. So many, see, so many people in our circles have bought the lie because we haven't walked in righteousness and we've been carnal and we find ourselves having been hearing these things forever and they, they excite us a little bit, but at the core, we just don't believe it. I'm here to tell you, it's all true. It is all true. Every dot of this word, he will bring to pass. I'm telling you, it's exciting. Righteousness, again, it's the central theme. It's the foundation of Paul's gospel that he received from Jesus. Righteousness is the key word to the revelation by which the Apostle Paul received from Jesus. I must, I must receive that I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Through righteousness, you and I will rule over lack, over bondage, over all sickness and disease, over fear. We'll rule and reign over anxiety. Does, do you see that? Without righteousness, we cannot rule. You can't rule on this earth if you're not righteous. Satan's plan is to attack you when you, do, when you do something that does not line up with righteousness. And then he will tell you what? You have no right to this or that. But if you continue believing that you're righteous, then it will cause you to rule over that wrong behavior to the point where you won't do it again. So you just got to keep it in your mouth. Keep it in your heart. You received the gift of righteousness when you received salvation. Righteousness, what does it do? Remember we said this earlier. It gives you and I the ability to stand in the very presence of God without any sense of guilt or inferiority as if sin never existed in our lives. Righteousness means that you and I were justified we were declared right with him. We were declared innocent. So now verse 19, look at this. Romans 5, 19. For as by one man's disobedience, Adam's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, Jesus, shall many be made righteous. Don't you love the way the Holy Spirit wrote that? Because you and I were some of the ones that shall be made, right? Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. Wow. Wow. By Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace reigns through righteousness. What does that mean? That means the grace of God is the finished work of Christ. It's all that he's provided for you. All that he's provided for you will reign in your life as you walk in your righteousness. Healing will reign in your body. It'll reign through the fact that you know you've been made righteous. You won't be able to receive anything from him if you don't know you've been made righteous. How important is this subject? Wow. What you have been favored with can only rule as long as you believe and as long as you speak, I am the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. See, here's the thing. Here's an example. Healing is in you, okay? But healing cannot rule over sickness in your body unless you believe and speak, I'm the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. You want it to rule and reign. Right now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, in Romans 8, 11, with the same power that he raised Jesus from the dead with, is right now quickening your mortal body. 
That, that word quickening means healing, restoring the health, making whole your mortal body. But this is what people do. We get so focused on these symptoms. And I'm telling you, get your focus off the symptoms. Get your focus on the fact that, wait a minute, I have been made righteous. I have been heir. I've been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease, the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from poverty and lack. In other words, I have a right to be healed. I have a right. I've been made right, so now I have a right to be healed. I have a right to prosper. I have a right to have my life restored. I come to Christ just as I am, and all the junk that the enemy has tried to put on me my whole life, through my parents, maybe my grandparents, maybe other people, all of that junk, now I have a right that everything you stole from me, Satan, you have to bring it back to me in this life. I have a right to that. Wow. So now what is your testimony as a believer? I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. I have a right to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. So Paul's gospel, so important. You have authority and you have righteousness now. So now I'm closing. You have authority and righteousness now. The benefits of who we are in Christ is for right now. Colossians 2.10. And you are complete in him now, which is the head of all principality and power. Romans 8.37, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us right now. Not going to be right now. Jude 24, verse 24, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling right now and present you faultless before his presence, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy when Right now, Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law right now. Say this with me, I am redeemed. I am free. I am healed. I am prosperous. Right now. I am whole. Right now. I believe it. I receive it. Because I've been made righteous, the very righteousness of my Father in Christ. That's who we are. Well, praise God. Hallelujah.